Are you ready to elevate your doula business to the next level? I want to introduce you to the ultimate guide to crafting your kick-ass doula packages. Whether you're a seasoned doula looking to refresh your offerings or just starting out in the field, this free guide is your roadmap to success. In this guide, you'll find strategies to tailor your services for your clients, ways to make the prices sustainable for you and something that you feel really great about, and different creative ways to make your doula packages unique to you and not just the same as everybody else's in the industry. This is a free guide and you can download it right now. Head over to hurrahdoulaservices.com slash doula packages to get your copy today. Hello, today's question is what should I do or not do during the early postpartum weeks to help my body heal? This is Kaylee Daly, the bi-weekly podcast about all things doula tips and tits, where we answer one question about pregnancy, labor, postpartum, or lactation in order to have your journey in this parenting world be just a little bit more informed and filled with consent. Hello, I'm Kaylee Harad, the host of this lovely podcast. Um, And today we're diving into another postpartum question. So as a reminder, um, if you're watching this when when it or listening to it when it comes out, um, it is April 2022 and April we're focusing on postpartum stuff. So today's question is continuing that trend, um, and I want to dive into what you can expect to do or not do in the earliest weeks postpartum, so week one and two postpartum, um, and how to set yourself up for really good healing during that time. Um, As a disclaimer, always, I am not your medical provider, and so this is entertainment and education. Um, Please do speak to your own medical provider about specific questions and needs that you have. Um, So just like every question I address on this lovely podcast, um, there is some nuance here, right? So um, I'm going to start by talking about if you had a vaginal delivery and then talk about if you had a cesarean delivery um, and then add some nuance and spectrum in that, okay? So in general, if you had a vaginal delivery, then your body needs time to rest and recover, right? I mean, this this first part applies to absolutely everyone who's been pregnant, okay? Your body needs time to rest and recover. I love starting my childbirth class, my the birth prep blueprint, um, with an image um, that um, I got from the amazing resource, The Educated Birth. And it's an image that is like a side view of a person's body when they're pregnant. And what it shows is how every other organ is impacted by the large growth of the uterus, right? And the the fact that the uterus kind of takes over the abdomen, then what is everything else in your body doing or, or moving to, getting smashed to, right, in that process? The reason I think that's really awesome is, for one, it makes it very validating that you maybe have something like heartburn or uh, an urgency to pee that you didn't normally have before, or even things like um, acid reflux or like changes in your bowel movements. It helps to validate those changes in pregnancy, right? 
The other thing that I really like about it is it reminds me, and I think it reminds um, you as you're learning about pregnancy and postpartum, that you have a lot of different things in your body that are recovering just from being pregnant. Okay, so there's a bunch of different systems that are impacted physically by the space that your uterus takes up and then hormonally by the hormone shifts happening in the midst of pregnancy, labor, delivery, and postpartum. Um, and then if you had a vaginal delivery and you went through significant amount of labor, any amount of labor, you have some muscle soreness probably, some muscle fatigue, right? So your body is healing on lots of different levels. Um, because of that, I like to think about like the, the least you can use your body, the better, right? So I'll sometimes tell people like in the postpartum time, your little one is probably going to want to eat a lot, right? So if you're feeding them with your body, if you're lactating, then um, you aren't going to have long stretches of rest probably, right? But if you can lie down while you're feeding them, even if you're awake, at least some of your body is resting, right? Now, I don't say that to say that that's exactly the same as having amazing sleep, okay? So I don't want you to feel like I'm gaslighting your exhaustion because I'm totally not. Um, but sometimes sleep is not always possible. And so if you can't be sleeping, can you be lying down? If you can't be lying down, can you be sitting in a way that like maybe your feet are up or something like you're reclining back but sitting up so that you, again, are able to be restful, right? Um, if you can't be like reclining, can you be sitting and not standing, right? Um, and so just think about ways that you can be as restful as possible um, and not necessarily because you're going to feel always like you need it. But regardless of how you feel, your body needs rest. Okay. Now, um, <clears throat> the first week especially feels very different for different people. So if you have a vaginal delivery and it's long, so you have like, let's say your labor is 36 or 48 hours, that's a really long delivery. So you're going to have a different kind of exhaustion and muscle fatigue than someone who had an eight or 10 hour labor, right? In most cases. Um, if you have a larger baby or your baby was malpositioned in some way, you might have some extra soreness that um, someone with a great positioned baby or a smaller baby doesn't have. If you have tearing, it might you might have soreness in a different way from someone who did not have tearing. So there's lots of different factors that impact that first week. However, even if you feel great, you should remember the amount of work that your body has done for the last however many months you were pregnant, right? Nine-ish, <laughs> somewhere in there. You already know my thoughts on due dates. Um, and so, so you need to give your body space to heal from pregnancy and to rest and rejuvenate from this awesome hard work that you've done. Okay. Now, what I often see is that people feel better than they are in postpartum. So, so like if someone's really struggling in the first week postpartum, they feel that, right? It's really obvious to them. And they're like, oh, man, I can, like, go to the bathroom and then back to bed. And that's kind of it. 
And and that's probably someone who's had some kind of really rough aspect of labor, right? Something really hard about delivery. Um, so it's easier in some ways for that person to rest because it's absolutely important. It's absolutely vital, right? Like they are like, I don't have a choice. I have to rest because I just don't have energy to do anything. But someone who heals a little bit faster or or just doesn't feel the impact in the same way, sometimes those folks are the ones who overdo it because they're like, actually, I feel great. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not pregnant anymore. And so I want to, like, go for a walk or I want to be, you know, like, like do like clean out my closet or whatever. And and sometimes that's adrenaline <laughs> in my experience. Um, and sometimes you don't realize until after you do that active thing that you're, you actually weren't ready for it, right? And your body actually isn't that great yet, right? Like it's not totally ready for that kind of movement. Um, and so sometimes then you'll see an uptick in pain or an uptick in, in vaginal bleeding. Um, and so I just want you to keep in mind that even if you feel fantastic after giving birth, which I hope that you do, right? Then your body still needs rest and recovery. And, um, kind of setting yourself up like you have the flu, I think is a great game plan because you're, you're basically setting your body's reserve so that you can heal and you don't have to do too much extra stuff. So like, you know, having, having snacks and water and things right, right by you. So you don't have to walk to the kitchen all the time or um, having someone bring you your food instead of you going somewhere for wherever that food is. Even those small changes conserve the bit of energy that you do have, okay? Now, how is that different with this C-section? Of course, one major difference is that you've had abdominal surgery. That's a huge deal because um, I think we we talk about cesarean birth a little bit too lightly sometimes. And I'm speaking as a person who's had cesarean births, okay? So, um I have some personal experience around this. Um, and I think the fact that we like send home a family with a newborn and we're like, good luck when you've just had your muscles cut through, um, is really, really hard physically, um, and emotionally, but, but especially physically, right? And so, um, so there's going to be a little bit more physical limitation if you've had a C-section because your abdominal muscles need time to heal together. Now, um, you're probably not going to be as tempted to overdo it in the first week if you had a C-section because you're likely going to be much more sore and much more limited in just your range of motion. Um, but again, you might feel great. I, I know folks who've had a C-section day three, they feel amazing and they totally overdo it. And then day four, they feel terrible, right? So keep in mind that if you have a C-section, you have multiple layers all the way down through your uterus that are healing. So even if externally you feel great, your body is healing from surgery all the way through all of those layers, okay? The other thing to factor in is whether or not you labored before your C-section. So um, a little bit about me is that I have had to have three C-sections because I have a weird uterus. Um, and I won't get into details of what that means, just weird. Um, but my first C-section was planned and known. And then the next two were attempted vaginal deliveries, but my uterus just didn't cooperate. 
Um, and now I understand fully why and all of that. And it's lovely to have some peace around it. But, um, but baby number two came with an, with a decent amount of labor before a C-section. And he was kind of the like, is this going to work to do a vaginal delivery after a C-section or not? So he was the sort of experimental one, right? And then baby number three, we were pretty sure was going to have to be a C-section, but we weren't sure. We weren't 100% certain. And then I went into labor really early with her. And so had multiple times of having labor stopped so that she would stay in long enough to be safely born. She was a premature baby. Um, but that meant I labored a ton. So by the time she was born, I was very, very, very sore everywhere else in my body. And so I remember distinctly the differences in those three deliveries, given that my body had been through different things before each of them. Right. Um, So one big thing to consider when you're just thinking about your postpartum healing is to never compare yourself with others. And um, I say that because I think we chronically do that in our culture and as um, parents, right? And it's easy to do because if you feel kind of like, I don't know, I've never done this before, it's easy to look at someone who has done it and assume they know or assume their experience is universal or something like that, right? And that can be really discouraging if you have a harder postpartum healing time than someone else, right? Because it feels a little bit unfair that they got an easy delivery and easy postpartum or a hard delivery and easy postpartum, right? And then you're over here kind of like still struggling after, you know, a few weeks or a few months. Um, so, so in terms of logistics, I would plan to have help with things around the house in the first two weeks. Now, I know that everyone's capacity and ability and um, financial resources are different, right? So what I want you to think about is what would be feasible for you. Now, um, there's lots of different strategies here. So one is you could have some like really easy food ready for when you give birth, right? So like I have clients that will like prep chili or prep um, lasagna. I think one client still has like five things of lasagna in the freezer. So, um, you can prep your own food so that you're not having to do that work once the baby comes. Um, you can stock up on things potentially or like, you know, get something ready that you know you're going to need in the postpartum time, but you're not going to have the energy to do it then, right? So like, let's say you're having a baby in May and you know that you're going to need something out in June. Maybe get it out in April, right? Because then you just don't have to worry about it in June, you know? Um, but if possible, have other people help with some things. And it can be hiring someone. It can be friends and family. It can be a postpartum doula, right? It can be whatever it needs to look like for you. But think about how you can outsource some things because it's really hard to physically rest and get like the nutrients that you need while you're taking care of everything on your own. And if you're the one who's given birth, you're obviously the person I'm talking to today, right? But if you're a partner, you also are going to be exhausted and going to need rest, but not to the same extent that your partner does if they gave birth, right? Um, 
But we want you to be well supported too. Like I firmly believe in the whole family unit being well supported and not just the person who gave birth. Okay. So, um, think about ways that you can rest and maybe look around your house now to figure out what can you do to make that postpartum time a little bit more restful for yourself? How can you kind of logistically set up your space for that? Now, um, one of the things that I have been telling you about the last couple episodes is my new postpartum stuff that I have out. One of them is a bundle that's a checklist bundle. Um, that's a new freebie that I have. And it includes things like what to have at like a diaper slash feeding station, right? Um, it also includes like what to ask people to help with, <laughs> what to um, outsource, right? So, so it has a couple different checklists. If you just want ideas, great. If you want to like stick them on the fridge, perfect. Um, that link will be in the show notes today. And then also, um, I have my postpartum prep class that is going live on May 1st and it's on pre-sale right now in April. So the link for that is in the show notes as well. Um, that's basically digging into things that I and my clients and my friends and my family wish that we knew in the postpartum time. And it's something that you can keep coming back to, right? So whether it's for validation or for education or um, for, like, continuing to have a robust support system in postpartum, it's something that I want you to be able to keep using. So that class will be live um, on the 1st, and you have still a couple days, if you're listening to this as it comes out on the 26th, to pre-register for that. Um, or, of course, you can purchase it once it's live as well. So all of that will be in the show notes. Um, and then in May, get excited because we're going to have some guests, some guest speakers on the podcast for the first time. So um, keep an eye out for the next episode that will also be postpartum stuff. And then um, and then check out that class before it goes live so you can be in there and ready to get it when it comes out. All right. I'll talk to you soon. edited and produced by Kaylee Harrod, as I'm sure you can probably tell. And um, our amazing music is credited in the show notes as well. So we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And in the meantime, have wonderful and consent-filled births.